listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And we have a new year Come on. is upon us, which is phenomenal. We're all ready for 2023. Going to watch some bowl games and see what happens, see who wins. It's all good. Um, Charlie can't be with us today, but we do have a special guest. His name is Andy Ramirezma. And Andy and I, we go back a little ways. Andy yeah. was part of cohort three of our current program. Let's go. So he's an IW grad and he went out and was youth pastor at one of our Wesleyan churches in Indianapolis. And then the Lord moved him and kind of switched some stuff there. He, yep. and, and, and I used to be in these conversations of me. One of these days I like to plant a church. One of these days I like to plant a church. And we got this conversation, started this conversation about planting a church. Oh, this will probably be down maybe two or three years down the road. Yeah. And then it was like six months later, you're planting a church in your hometown at Westfield, Indiana. Yeah which is incredible, phenomenal. You're, you're ministering to the people that you went to high school with. It's crazy. Bro, briefly, tell us quickly about this church plant that you're doing with the Wesleyan Church yeah. in Westfield, Indiana. Yeah. Well, Eddie, I love you, man. I love you Thanks too. for having me. Yeah. We've had some amazing times together. We have. Uh, Playing basketball. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors have bonded us together as well <laughs> as Jesus. The first uh, Splash Brothers was Andy and Eddie. Yes. Not Clay and Steph. That's right. It was. You might see us go 0 for 10 and then 10 for 10. <laughs> it just exactly depends. Right. You never know. You never know. But either way, it is It is going up. Yes. It, um, we're not going to stop shooting. <laughs> no. Because what does a shooter do? You, you get out of the slump, I keep shooting. So... <laughs> That's why we were not liked by some of our teammates, probably. But anyways, yes. We were lighting up the interrail scoreboards we, we were. here at Indiana Wesleyan University. For better or worse. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, always looked up to you. Mm. Always been a mentor. Thanks. And, uh, you know, you and Esther speaking into Leans and I, my yeah. wife and I. And, uh, man, just getting to see some of my youth guys come here now. It's yes. just been, it's, it's been amazing. But so I'm well, back. one of the things we talked about here too, which is super cool, yeah. um, is, uh, you know, you've been in ministry a few years and, yeah. and you already have like a, what I call a pastoral coaching tree mm. because you have like four or five of your students that were in part of your youth ministry in yeah. Indianapolis are now here in the current program, Crazy. preparing for ministry. They're chomping yeah. at the bit, they're ready to go and mm. they're excited. And part of, partly they're excited because of their ministry mm. uh, with you. Like he's like, you minister to them so well and you, and they're encouraged by watching you and your life at mm. being a youth pastor yeah. and they want to go do that. And now how, how awesome is that to see this pastoral coaching tree already happening? It really is an honor and, and humbling. It is humbling. And it's, it shows the bigger picture that this is about generational legacy, mm -hmm. not just me and my calling, what I feel like mm -hmm. God has called me to do, but how can that turn from addition to multiplication? And I think, yeah, that's just a, a huge part of my heart. So I'm back in my hometown. I joke about, you know, going back to my hometown. First off, Jesus says a prophet is without honor when he goes back to his yeah. hometown. So that's, that's kind of heavy. But also these people that I'm ministering to 
know me pre-Jesus and yes. post-Jesus. So wow. actually the 30, 40 classmates of mine that have been able to be a part of our church, they've had a lot of grace following into uh, the footsteps of where God is taking our church because they knew me mm-hmm. before I had a relationship with Jesus. They knew, you know, the parties I was going to, yes. the kind of guy. And I was always a nice guy, but I was not a Jesus follower. And to come back and to see Westfield has uh, kind of become this random but God-ordained hotspot mm-hmm. for people from all over the country because of Grand Park. So yeah. it's, it's just been amazing to come back and see all the opportunities there. I think that's just really, really cool from the standpoint of this pre-Jesus Andy, yeah, post-Jesus Andy, and they're <laughs> able to see the transformation in your life yeah. and almost do this double take, like, wait, 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 wait what? Yeah. You, you're, you're a pastor. Yeah. And, and then to want to come to your church and see yeah. this change that God mm-hmm. has made in your life has yeah. been phenomenal. And mm-hmm. for them to be open then to that transformation, that change in their own lives, yeah, which is super cool. Yeah. Just got to baptize one of my former little league baseball teammates. His name wow. is Josh Clark. And, uh, one of my other buddies, his name is Evan. He was a basketball teammate of mine. He accepted uh, a full surrender call to follow Jesus at our church. So just mm. taking that evangelism calling and getting to see it with people I grew up with, <laughs> there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. People that could have fallen through the cracks, man. Mm. And, well, uh, and, and, and something that I really like too is you then have these, you have these relationships with these people that yeah. are still there in Westfield. And so you're able then to connect with them again and and then then to connect the gospel with them and say, hey, well, we I'm pastoring this new church, this yeah. church plant, and love for you to come. And because you have that relationship with them, yeah. they're willing to try it out. Yeah, they're yeah. Willing, to, willing to come and see, and then you just being that salt and light in their mm-hmm. life, and yeah. for them to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, it's been it's been nothing but a blessing. Yeah. Well, praise God. Yeah. Well, kind of the topic a little bit today is um, some ministry myths that are out there. Yeah. We have these buzzwords that we throw out there from time to time. And and then your experience, you know, of wait, wait, some of these buzzwords really aren't play out true or right when you get sure. into the local church context. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to chat and have this dialogue back and forth about yeah. that. But Andy, throw out one of those kind of ministry terms or buzzwords that sure. we hear. And then how do you see that different or play out in the church, the local yeah. church context? Well, first off, you know, being from Indiana Westland, having been here in the Kern program, this is an unbelievable time in your life where you get to be surrounded by so mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. great leaders and professors and classmates. But one of the buzzwords that I remember being here, even just a few years ago, that I've just thought more critically about what it what it means on a day to day basis is the word revival. Mm. Like, I was a part of Awaken Ministries here. I was a part of the start of that, mm. and it was awesome. But you know, we'd always say, "Man, I'm praying for a revival. Praying for revival. I'm praying for a revival, and it's going to come tonight." You know, <laughs> yes, yes. and and actually, which is great. That's kind good. of anticipation. Uh, yeah. God is going to show up and do something really, yeah. really special. Yes, that expectation is so good. Mm-hmm. But I've just thought about a different word and the word longevity comes to my mind. Mm -hmm. And how do you walk into an event with expectation, but also know what does it look like to follow up with these people that Mm -hmm. I'm calling to a big event that I'm calling to this crazy big worship night? Like, what does it look like 
to walk this out on a day-to-day basis. I yeah. think of even our grand opening as a church, you know, when you first have your first Sunday, they always prepare you. We went through the ARC church planting model. They're like, hey, that first Sunday, it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Just still have faith. But <laughs> just in case, not everybody returns the next Sunday. Right. Don't that, sec- freak. that second Sunday is a little bit different. I, I got one of the, a call from one of my mentors, John West. It was the, before our second Sunday. Or actually, it was after our second Sunday as a church. And he's like, hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> it's it's not even to to proclaim uh, that your church is going to decrease. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is God has shown me that this is, this is not about just putting on an event, but you're actually doing life with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think kind of, if I can go off this just yeah. a little bit, um, events are great. Yeah. Right. Camp's great. Mission yeah. trip's great. All those things are great because there are events that are able to really um, help people make a decision for Christ. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. But the real growth is in the day-to-day trenches with yeah. people. And I think yeah. that's, that's kind of where you're getting at. Yeah. It's one thing to plan an event. Yep. Okay. To have a revival services yeah. and, and people come and make a decision. You're like, yes, it's so many God showed up. It's amazing. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. awesome. Yeah. But then the real work begins yeah. with that day-to-day life. Uh, in the trenches with people because because it gets tough, right. it gets hard, right? And, and I, I've actually even had moments where I've been at conferences, events, big time things that have absolutely transformed my life. Yes, there's nothing wrong with yes. events. God works through those. But what does it look like to see someone through, not mm-hmm. just there, but three, four, five, six, seven years later, mm-hmm. when they have kids now, and now they're in marriage, and it's like. Seeing people for people, not as mm-hmm. just something to use, yeah, for a, a ministry testimony. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes along with the context too that you know ministry is not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yes, you know. And I think so many times we we think, okay, we 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 have to be um, going a hundred miles an hour. Okay, go go <laughs> yeah. go 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 go, and we have to blow up this mm. ministry, whatever we're doing, mm. and see it explode in growth mm. so we can get to the next big thing. Yeah. Instead of just remain faithful where you are. Yeah. Um, and we forget about just the faithfulness of yeah. being where you are. Yeah. And I'd even say on the flip side, another buzzword that comes to my mind on the other pendulum swing is I, I remember it, I would just hearing this so many times. People would say things like, man, I just don't like the mega church. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, and we want something real, <laughs> authentic, authentic. And, and even authenticity is a buzzword, you know, yes. but can I just shout out 12 stone church one time, yeah. quick plug, Do it. just even Do being it. a partner, getting to see firsthand. Yeah. Share a little bit about how 12 stone speaking into your life specifically yeah. have kind of adopted your church. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I used to think this is another misconception that ties into me explaining that. I, I remember thinking in college when I got into my first classes, that excellence is just a distraction. Mm. Oh, ministries that are just worried about excellence, they're just worried about the events. They're just worried about, and really what God has shown me is the right excellence can actually remove distractions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That if the right excellence is put into place, you can actually help people Mm -hmm. have a clear, more intimate, transforming encounter with God. And so, I remember being a part of, you know, big revival ministries, then getting to connect with 12 Stone. I think it's just been such a beautiful balance mm-hmm. to see that, yes, let's be led by the Spirit. 
let's be real and authentic. Right. Well, let's also be excellent in everything we yes. do. And just getting to partner with 12 Stone, they uh, actually help uh, resource our church. They they coach myself, Kevin Myers, and their team. Andy Brightbill oversees their residency program. And man, I have just been so humbled to come from kind of that revival-esque big event, let's let's tear down the walls kind of ministry, mm-hmm. grassroots, and then going to a mega church. And I had so many, if I'm being real, I had so many doubts about the mega church. I really did. Right. Because that's what my generation says. Yeah. But now now that you're with them and yeah. and they they've they've adopted your church, yeah, a literally. church plant. Yeah. And and you're seeing their authenticity. Yep. You're seeing their realness. You're yep. seeing their the culture. heart, their their heartbeat for Jesus. Yep. It's like, no, these people are awesome. Yeah. There's nothing bad with being a large church. Yeah. And I think one of the buzzwords that goes along with this whole thing you're talking about is um just this idea where they go, oh, they're just they're just they're just all about product they're production yep. oriented. Yeah. It's all about it's the show. show. It's just a show. Just a show. It's just all about a production. Yeah. And again, what they're doing is they're trying to eliminate one, they're trying to eliminate the distractions. You mentioned yep. that. Yep. So that people can really focus on whatever the message is. Yep. And number two, they're pursuing excellence so that Jesus is honored. Exactly. You know? And the right excellence, what I'm learning, can give margin for the Holy Spirit to mm. lead. Mm. I heard someone say, the Holy Spirit does not just lead spontaneously, but he leads in our preparation. <laughs> Absolutely. That oftentimes- It's so good, isn't you, it? You do a big worship event. It's like, man, let's just give room for the Holy Spirit. And it's like, disorganization is not the leading of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Chaos. Right. It literally says in scripture, God is not a God of chaos, but of peace and order. And what I've learned jumping into church planting, going from kind of that revivalist ministry to a, even connecting with ARC, neither are better or worse, but they balance each other so well because to be spirit led and to be excellent do not have to be mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think college students coming out of like the ministry program, we often have to pick a camp. Mm -hmm. Are you a mega church guy? Yeah. Are you an ARC church planter? Are you like, small house church, spirit-led discipleship. Right. It's like, why do those have to be yes. separate? Well, we, 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 we like camps. We like yeah. to kind of uh, put people in boxes and, yeah, categorize, and, and them. categorize them. And we see this pendulum swing yeah. from one side to the other. And we go, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not one or the other. Yeah. It can be both and. Yeah. Can I give you another buzzword? Yeah, g- g- give me another one. This, this, is, this is fun. Okay. So the the buzzword that I hear from our generation a lot, and I'm guilty of this, is rest and boundaries. Yes. Yes. And amen. Yep. It's an amen. Yeah. We 100%. need rest and boundaries. But I also think the pendulum swing is rest with no hard work mm-hmm. is laziness. Mm-hmm. But boundaries or hard work with no boundaries is just ludicrous mm-hmm. is the way that I see it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think our older generation that has been mentoring us hard work, excellence. I mean, right. this might even right. be your generation. Yeah. Our generation is like, man, I just have these boundaries and I need my peace. I need my alone time. And, and yes, Jesus I did. Need, I need my self-care. Yeah. 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 And that's great. But honestly, we use it self-care as an, excuse as an excuse to not work to, hard. To be lazy. To be lazy. Yeah. It, there was a movement that came out it, just right before your time, Andy. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really good. It's it's sim- the simple church movement. Yeah, yeah. And I love the concepts with that. And the idea mm-hmm. of simple church was this idea of, you know, we've over-programmed the church. And I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Sure. Traditional church, you have this massive programming so that you could literally go to your church almost every night of the week for something. Yeah. 
And Simple Church said, no, why don't you focus on two or three things and that's all you do and you really mm-hmm. do those things with excellence, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. But the whole Simple Church concept, what I've seen the pendulum swing to, the Simple Church to, oh, this is an excuse to be lazy, mm, yeah. right? And 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 we can't be lazy. Right. We need to work be- Work unto the Lord with work, all your heart. Amen. Colossians 3.23, yeah. Yeah. We should work unto the Lord with all of your heart yeah. and, and realize that our work is not for mankind, right? men and women, right? but it's rather we, we work for Jesus, right? you know? And that changes our whole view of work, right? That work is actually a beautiful thing. God has yeah. ordained work. He wants us to work because that's also about, that's, that's about flourishing and, mm. and seeing our communities flourish and our church flourish and yeah. our, our homes flourish. Yeah. We don't want to be workaholics. Right. Okay, that's bad. Right. But we shouldn't be lazy. Either. Right. It's like, I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote. I can't remember who it was, or maybe it was Augustine where he said, work like it depends on you and pray yeah. like it depends on God. Yeah. And I just think coming out of ministry or coming out of uh, college specifically, I felt so polarized in some of my mm. views of mm-hmm. denominations, of churches, of church strategies. And the more I've gotten into ministry, I think I've just seen the beauty of the body of Christ mm-hmm. working together unique differences that complement each other. Can I give you one more buzzword? Yeah, well, give me another buzzword, okay, okay. right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually loving this conversation, no, this, this Andy. Is fun. This is fun. I, I love, for some reason, studying the cultural shifts of church history. For some reason, that's just been a passion of mine. But another one that comes to my mind is this buzzword warfare, okay. spiritual warfare, yep. right. which is biblical. Yes. Ephesians 6, we do not fight flesh and blood, but you know, evil principalities, spirits. That's all real. And yeah. if you want to talk to someone who does spiritual warfare well, Fundisi. Yes. Talk to him. Jim Lowe. Shout out. Shout out to Dr. Jim Come Lowe. On. He is a spiritual and, yeah. and he, you know, he's teaching a class next semester on spiritual warfare. That's amazing. And I recommend all my students to to take this yeah. class because he is a man who gets here about four o'clock in the morning every day. And he walks this campus and prays specific man. for specific people, not just your general yeah. stuff. Oh, God bless IWU. But he's going to specific buildings, praying for specific people, yeah. and he's walking this campus, and he does this every day. Talk about tireless work, and that's some of the hard work is prayer. Prayer, yeah. is, prayer is the hard work. Yeah. And then and then he gets to see God do his thing. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I, I totally believe in that. I, I, I think, I honestly, God revealed that to me when I was here often. The other side of that that I'm noticing, the other pendulum swing is I think sometimes we blame things on warfare that aren't warfare, yes. but it's us. Oh, we say the we devil, like to blame Satan. The devil made me do it. It's like okay, hold on, let's back up for a second. We are body, mind, and spirit. Yes, right. Yes, we are not just spirit. The Gnostic gospel literally was a heresy in the early church history. That said, we are just spirit, yeah. but we are body, mind, and spirit. I think the more I've gotten into ministry, I look back on my college days and I blame things that were, mm-hmm. I blame things on the devil that were my disobedience. Mm-hmm. I blame things on the devil that were my poor care of my own body, mm-hmm. my own mind, my own relationships. Man, that's been convicting. It, it was human, right? Yeah. It wasn't Satan. There, there's as difficult there, to discern. It, yes, and it, it, it is. It is difficult. And here's the thing: we talk about spiritual warfare. Do demons exist? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. We have the authority over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Does Satan exist? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now here's the flip side: there's not a demon behind every bush. Yeah. 
Okay. And we want to blame the demon behind every bush for so. everything that goes wrong or bad or some of my own bad decisions. I think so. Instead of just realize it's the fallen, it's my sinfulness. Yeah. It's my fallenness. Yeah. It's my pride. It's, it's my selfishness. Yeah. We almost give the devil too much credit. Too much credit. Now we have to realize in spiritual warfare, I love this part of it because when you think about this, we look at through scripture, scripturally, yeah. right? Um, when we look at the the angels, yeah. okay, they're created as angels. Yeah. One third of the angels rebelled against God. Yeah. They and, pulled, fo- and followed Lucifer. Yeah. They pulled a KD. They left. I'm just kidding. <laughs> left the, go, no, we won't go into that. That's a whole nother podcast. Oh, man. I'm not calling KD a snake. That's not. <laughs> That's, no. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. Oh, sorry. Transition. We talked about the Golden State Warriors so. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So one third went with Lu- and followed Lucifer. Yeah. So what does that leave us? Yeah. Two thirds still with God. We still outnumber good. the demons two to one. Yes. Yeah, and even in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And so I think it's good for us to recognize that. Yeah. And I think honestly, the best leaders I've been around, they know their authority in Christ, but spiritual warfare is not their main thing on their mind everywhere mm. they go, but they can see people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the, one of the beautiful things going to 12 stone is, you know how much spiritual warfare probably goes on mm-hmm. at that church mm-hmm. when you're trying to reach thousands of people right. every weekend. Right. At nine campuses or whatever. They yeah. Are. Yeah. But to be able to know your authority and have so much confidence that that isn't the main focus that you can put Satan aside yeah. and say, this is about people and the mission and loving God and we will conquer the enemy. I yeah. think it's just a perspective yeah. shift, but I think in college, yes. it's like... Yeah, it's different in college. It is. Like, everything is attributed to spiritual warfare. It, it does feel like mm-hmm. that sometimes on a Christian campus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I like what you said, this this whole idea. Sometimes we give Satan too much yeah. credit. Yeah. Okay? And and I also like the, to flip the perspective of, how about if we focus on God yeah, yeah. and who he is yep. and what he's doing in our lives? His character, his because attributes. Because he's already won the victory yeah. over Satan, Come sin, on. and death. Amen. And we can live into that victory. Exactly. And one of these days, we will also have that and be able to claim that victory over yeah. Satan, sin, and death. Amen. That's cool. You got one more? A bonus, bonus I buzzword? Think, I think just the word authenticity comes to my mind okay. as the last one. I've been thinking about this word a lot because it's a buzzword in our generation. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, man, I just want to be authentic. We were just talking about naming our kids with the most unique name, right? right? Yeah, I'm someone exactly. that wants to be unique. I, that has mm-hmm. been something in my mm-hmm. life. I've always grown up. I want to be set apart. But I think in our generation, everyone's trying to look so inward. Mm-hmm. I think our generation on, sometimes can be so inward focused. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out who I am, right? And we almost look deeper and deeper into ourselves. What makes me me? What makes me this pastor? What am I a like to speak the church ministry language? Like, am I going to be a missionary in Africa? Am I going to be someone that's a church planner? Am I going to be? And we almost try to find our identity and our calling, mm. and that's what makes us authentic mm-hmm. and 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 unique. And I think as I'm looking through Scripture, I'm trying to manage this tension of wait. In Galatians two two twenty, Paul says. I am crucified to Christ. I no longer live, but Christ in me. Yeah. That what God is showing me is I think the most genuine, real, authentic version of ourselves. I heard it say, said something like this, that the best form of self-discovery is actually self-denial mm. in Jesus. Yeah. 
And we think we we find ourselves by looking inward. Yes. But we find ourselves when we deny ourselves. Yes. That is simple gospel. You deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. I know me when I'm lost in him. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. And this. What are your thoughts on? No, yeah. no. This is this is the crazy thing because God's economy is way different than the world's economy. Yeah. So the world says to look inward. Yeah. The world says self care. The yep. world says, hey, take care of number one. Yep. The world says, hey, who's most important? Me, me, yep. me, 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 yep. me. Yep. 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 Right. And God's economy is so different because God's economy is this whole thing: take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Self denial. It is. I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. God's economy, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Yeah. This is so different. It and is. here's the beauty about God's economy. If we embrace it, because everything the world says is very selfish oriented. Yeah. And God is very selfless oriented. There's the, there's mm-hmm. the contrast. And we, we find ourselves with the most joy when we actually go and serve others. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said. Yeah. I've come not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a yeah. ransom for many. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of myself, yes. but thinking of myself less. Yes. And, and go back to John the Baptist, too, where he says, you know, John the Baptist says, I, you know, I must decrease, but he, Jesus, yeah. he yeah. must increase. Yeah. This is the whole theme of, and yeah, and this is unfortunate. The world is telling our young pastors and college students and high school students, no, 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 you're number one. You need to think of yourself first. Yeah. And and God's actually saying, "Mm, no. Yeah. Um, Think of yourself less. Yeah. You know, in terms of make sure I am first in your life. Seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness Mm. first. Yes. And then all these other things, including health, healthy self-care stuff will be added unto you. They'll fall into place. They'll fall into place. Yeah. It's right prospectus. It is. Man, this is good. <laughs> Andy, I, feel like man. We could, I feel like we could do this for two more hours. Oh, right? yeah, we probably could. For the sake of time. Yeah. <laughs> we won't do that. So good you. having you on the podcast, man. You're, Thanks. I, I, I am a huge fan mm-hmm. of Andy Ramirezman because of what yes. God has done in your life and through your life. And um, thank you for coming. Um, I love watching from somewhat of a distance what God mm-hmm. is doing in your life and in the ministry he has given you. Thank you. And it's so fun to have our graduates just killing it for the, the kingdom of God. Man, all glory to God. Yeah. I am his vessel. Yep. Thank you, Eddie. So we always end it with boom and boom. Boom and boom. Or good days. <laughs> Was not planning to do that. That's right. Awesome. We'll see y'all next week. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at thecalledcollective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.